Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballas, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways. Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes. That that seems to be the decision. All down mode. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be at least my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another episode of Horsepower Happening. So glad to have you along on a beautiful, it turned into a beautiful Monday. It was a little soggy to start. And that kind of matched yesterday as well. So let's get into it. It's time for a Motor City Minute. Speaking of soggy, the Firekeepers Casino 400 from Michigan International Speedway got pushed back a day after getting oh so close to having an official race on Sunday. Mother Nature said, nope. Typical Michigan fashion, you're coming back on Monday, which pretty much means that Martin Truex Jr. is going to win the race. Not today. Chris or, uh, yeah, Chris Busher. I, I was so surprised at the back-to-back feet that I had to double-check myself. Chris Busher going back-to-back in the NASCAR Cup Series for, uh, for you know, Brad Keselowski and, and Roush and everybody. Uh, so what an awesome feat for them. And then John Hunter Nemechek gets the win on Saturday in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And Jesse Love collects his sixth win in the Arkham Menards National Tour on uh, Saturday as well. So good job to him. Cody Swanson, by the way, picked up his fifth consecutive USAC Raleigh Beale Classic 100 at Toledo Speedway on Saturday. And uh, real quick here in the other part of the Moda City Minute, the fast 410 sprint cars were in action over the weekend. And uh, the uh, TI-22 Performance Fast on Dirt Series victory went to Mr. Duncan himself. So Cole Duncan with the win on the Fast Tour. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France, exhausted, tired, more bags under his eyes than he's got hair on his face. But he is here for Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I, I haven't done so many one o'clock in the morning interviews in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, welcome to Woodtick, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, long three days, long three days, but uh, some some really good racing, had some fun. And um, man, it, it right when you think it's going to last forever, it's over with. You know what I mean? Yeah, how quick it happens too. And so uh, I, 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 I feel like, and I know you've got your script there, but um, the Wood Tick weekend was a lot of fun, and and you know Thursday was was great to see the non-winners race. But uh, Rich, I just think that we should do what we normally do when we have shows like this after weekends like this. Uh, Friday just did not start the way that anybody wanted it to. Morning. Uh, you know, we had fun, but um, 
Bob Wilson, um, Cody Bowers, car owner, uh, had passed. And um, it, it was unexpected. And, and it really reverbed through the whole pit area. Uh, Bob seemed, everybody, a lot of people back there seemed to have a relationship with Bob, whether it was him getting them started in, his, in their racing career or helping them at some point or another. And um, Friday was just a real, real tough day all day long. Even though there was some racing to be done, um, it was a tough day all day long, and you could just feel it in the air. It wasn't the excitement that you would expect through a, you know, a day two, really starting to crank up. All-Star Performance Challenge Series race that night. Um, it, it was just a little down the whole day and the whole night. Well, Rich, let's back up one day, 24 hours uh, prior to that. A really good and really fun Thursday night showdown, which is scheduled to make somebody a first-time Dirt Car UMP late model winner. Yes, Zach, so the, the richest late model race in our state was on tap for three nights of action this weekend for the 6th Annual Dance Lay Memorial as part of 35th Annual Ed Van Dyne and Wittick. And everything kicked off on Thursday with the 2nd Annual Thurlby Throwdown. And this is an invitation for drivers who have yet to win a late model feature. Uh, and it looked as if Riley Knoll, who has been really running good uh, in 2023 was about to grab his first ever win but coming off turn four late in the event Knowles no, number 07 machine just shut down and it looked as if then Chase Berta was going to be the beneficiary who was running second but a huge run by Austin Harnick to get by Berta changed that and it was Harnick who has won everything he has driven picked up the win in his first career and his first career late model feature win uh, the win was worth $2,000 and a guaranteed starting spot in the 75-lap, $35,000 feature on Saturday. And I did catch up with uh, Austin after the races, and you can catch that interview. Go to Horsepower Happenings Facebook page, and you can hear what Austin had to say. Uh, it was really surprising. Uh, he was, I think he was running fourth inside 10 laps to go. Uh, Jacob Poole pulls off the backstretch, running third with a flat tire, and, and Riley, Riley Knoll, goes dead coming off turn four never never had a thought in his mind and he even told me i wasn't going to win that race and before you know it uh he finds himself in victory lane by the so way austin harnick is going to win more races uh in that oh, yes. car ump late model he, he is oh, he, very good he sure is and he and he was running a great race he really was it, it it was just at that point in the race it was really hard to pass and with everything that happened at once he just had a huge run and chase couldn't stop it. Uh, and, and, you know, they ran out the last four laps or whatever it was. And, and that was the end of that, but great job by Austin Harnick. All right. We documented how Friday started rich, but, uh, I think it's pretty well known that when something like this happens in the racing community, everybody knows how everybody would want it to go. And that is keep on racing. And that's exactly what they did Friday at Merritt. Yep, 40 laps was on the card, Zach. $5,000 to win for the for an all-star performance late model challenge series feature event. Ryan Unzicker kicked off the day by taking the overall fast qualifier honors. Uh, but when it was feature time, it was all Chad Finley. Finley rocketed from his pole position via the redraw, but was never seriously challenged. Uh, Finley did have the move of the night going four wide underneath on the bottom of three lap cars on lap 29 to put any potential challenge by Rusty Schlank at bay. Unzicker, Dona Marcoulier, Jeep Van Wormer would complete the top five. So it was a wire-to-wire green-white checker run for Finley. And uh, also on our Facebook page, I did interview Chad after the event. 
you can go ahead and listen to what Chad had to say uh, about his run on Friday night. Well, that leaves just one, Rich. <laughs> the big dance on Saturday, and uh, star power comes to town, $35,000. Um, the pomp and circumstance, everything about the wood tick and the Dan Soleil Memorial all comes to a head on Saturday. Yep, and, uh, you know, Ryan Unzicker kind of picked up where he left off once again, fast qualifier. That was $1,000, so just for running four laps, Unzicker grabbed two grand. That's not so bad. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, <laughs> yep, that'll work. Uh, but following the redraw, it would be Travis Stemmler and Greg Gokey leading the field to green. Uh, Stemmler would jump out uh, to the point and look very strong early. Stemmler would lead the first 33 circuits before a turn one slider uh, by Rusty Schlenk would move the driver of the 91 to the point. From that point on, Flank would maintain command, doing an excellent job in lap traffic uh, and not even really getting close enough for Stemmler to, to mount a challenge. Uh, Schlenk would grab his second win in the event in the last three years and three out of the last five. Uh, Stemmler had a solid day, fast qualifier in his group, taking the heat race win as well. He would bring his number four machine home second, and I caught up with Travis Eck to discuss his performance. Well, the 6th Annual Dan Slay Memorial and 35th Annual Woodtick is in the books, and I'm with your runner-up finisher tonight, uh, Travis Stemmler. And, man, runner-up, usually, normally when we would talk, you would not have a big smile on your face. Why is that smile so big tonight? Oh, we just uh, worked really hard, and, uh, you know, we're uh, back up front in some of these bigger races, and if found some things worked on some things and it just makes it uh good when everything clicks yeah it's not like you haven't been in victory lane this year but it's not what you're used to the last few years with this race team when you came over here uh you know you, you had a, a heck of a start with this race team that was that probably most people wouldn't expect and uh you know you cooled off a bit but you had a great car today all day long yeah it's uh it goes to show that uh we just never give up and uh, always work hard. And yeah, the last couple of years have been a couple wins here, a couple wins there. And not really, I don't even think last year we got a tire sample taken off the car. So it feels good to be up there. You know, congratulations to Rusty, but it, uh, it wasn't like he'd like ran away. I could see him the whole time. So we had a good hot rod and we're just happy. Led 33 laps, car looked good leading out front. Lap 34, he pulls a hard slider on you down in one and two. Um, didn't look like at that point you could do much to hold that off. No, um, I had a feeling that he was probably searching around. I think he found that rubber that he was running in. And, uh, you know, we had a little incident with a couple laps with a lap car that kind of slowed us up. And, uh, it, uh, you know, at that point, he's searching around. You're the leader. You're just trying to hold on or get by that lap car, and uh, it is what it is. Tell us all who makes this possible, man. I mean, you you did have a good car all day, and, and you really had a good car for the feature. Um, you know, just, I mean, just something small off, and that's all it takes these days, right, with this competition? Oh, yeah, with this competition, uh, everybody's times are so tight. Everything's so close. I mean, one little error, you mess up for two, three laps. You know, Friday night, we just messed up in a heat race two laps, and it cost us big time and had a good car there. So 
Um, but I got to thank uh, Great Lakes Structural Drilling, Anklam Racing. Um, got to thank my wife and kids for all their support. Our crew guys, I got to thank uh, Cusack Collision. Got to thank uh, Gary Shear, Patrick, AP Smiley. Got to thank McAllister Cat Rentals, Axel's Place, Positive Cleaning. Got to thank uh, Rod and Kim. Got to thank, uh, having a little blank here, but I just got to thank all of our sponsors. All of our sponsors make this happen, and they're supportive. They're uh, like family almost when, when we have meetings, and you can't ask for a better side of that and pro power racing engines uh wells motorsports uh just everybody that's involved Vic, he's a great career guy we brought on last year never worked on a race car before and the guy's uh learning quick so it's a it's a great place and uh after this weekend uh can't wait to get to the next track Travis, it's always good to catch up to you congratulations great run tonight Thank you, guys. Appreciate Ryan it. Ryan Lanfear, the current Merritt Speedway late model points leader coming into the event, made a great charge to the front to grab a podium finish, and I tracked down a thrilled yet emotional Ryan to get his thoughts. Well, back in the pit area following the 6th annual Dan Soleil Memorial and the 35th annual Wood Tick, back here with your third-place finisher, Ryan Lanfear. Man, kind of a, not, not to say it's a surprise you finishing on the podium, but, man, the way you've been running this year, kind of expected a little bit huh yeah uh i didn't really know how this weekend was gonna go uh these longer weekends i kind of struggle on them or whatnot and uh so i threw all the cards in i got josh up here from masters built uh he was a big help for me this weekend we tried some stuff last night and it was good or whatnot but just a little different than what i normally run here and uh went back to what i know what we've been running where we've been running good this year and car was right back to where it was on point think about this we talked a year or so ago and you're about to hang this whole thing up and you never did it you came back and you've been running better than you ever have yeah it's uh the boy he uh he's the one that got me back to it and it was just a roller coaster i was ready to just focus on him or whatnot and everybody seemed to not want to do that they just wanted they wanted to go racing so threw everything back in bought a newer car updated stuff and uh we've been running pretty good i mean when we come into this weekend we're leading the points up here at the track at Merritt, and uh just always these longer weekends i'm just a small guy i don't have a crew just the kids or whatnot and so they're they're always kind of harder on me so i was kind of dreading it or whatnot and the way last night went i was uh not really sure how tonight was going to go, and then uh, just went back to what we know, and car came back to us, and it was good. I just needed a little more. You can tell by the look on your face. The, the fans are listening to this can't see it, but uh, it really means a lot to you. Uh, you're really a down-to-earth guy, and I know you got you really owe this to a lot of people, and there's some names on that car, too. Yeah. Uh, number one there, uh, i got to thank my wife. She stands behind me and lets me do this. and So I really got to thank her. Uh, I got Midland Steel. They helped me out a shit ton or whatnot. Uh, I don't, can't think of everybody right now, but we got Midland Steel, Hilliker Glass, uh, 
should be out there by the car so I can read them off. Uh, <laughs> racer Speed Shop, Cheryl's Alterations, uh, Pure Max Racing Oil, MV Suspension, uh, Kurt Lowdy out there in Tennessee, he's got me hooked up on this uh, shock package and it's really digging. Uh, the Cornette, she, uh, she's been running really good, really strong or whatnot and it's, it's been good. I know I'm forgetting people, but it's hard at the moment. <laughs> well, my friend, I'll tell you what, third place finish, you got a lot to be proud of. Finish off the season strong. Congratulations. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Curtis Roberts, Chad Finley would complete the top five, but Zach, we have to give a shout out to Chase Berta. He gets the hard charger award for the night. Started 21st, driving all the way up to an eighth place finish in a $35,000 wood tick. So congrats to Chase and his race team. Absolutely. And uh, I'll tell you what, those guys, Rob and Chase and, and everybody, they are really starting to like that dirt late model. Uh, they're going to unload a, a template car Saturday at Lucas Oil IRP, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But their hearts are still up there at the dirt, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I, was talk, I was talking to, uh, you know, Chase and his dad quite a bit this weekend, and 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 Rob even said, I think the kid wants to go go dirt racing. He said, but I got all this late model stuff. So I mean, as long as you have it, you got to run it. But uh, it, it costs a lot more than uh, you know. I, I think if you want to hit the road with a dirt late model, it's going to cost a lot more. You would, I don't know how. I was trying to do the math in my head than than running these pavement cars, but but it does. So, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but whatever he's doing, uh, Chase Berta is finding his way to be very successful, whether it's getting dirty or getting smooth on the pavement. So, Zach, a lot of great racing was held at Merritt Speedway, a little bit of partying, a lot of emotions flowing from everyone who knew Bob Wilson. And uh, on the phone lines now, we have a gentleman who had an average finish of 1.5 in his two feature <laughs> events this weekend. And by the way, he has 35,000 reasons plus to be happy on this Monday. Makes his home in McClure, Ohio. Rusty Schlink, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Rusty, let's get this out of the way real quick, man. Um, reflection, rough weekend. Uh, everybody, your relationship with Bob, Cody, everything that he had going through, so much support in that pit area to be able to keep going all weekend long. Yeah, man, it started pretty rough. That was a, that was a tough deal to swallow. Um, I mean, I everybody in the pits knows Bob. He's been around that place for so long and I feel like he's helped just about everybody in the pits at some point. So there was uh, uh there was a whole lot of people that, uh, that, that came, that came over and, and showed a lot of support over that deal and, and helped out while everything was going on. It was, uh, it was good to see everybody come together. Um, it shows how, shows how loved he was in the pits. And, and I, I want to move on with this right with, with everything that went on the weekend, but I want to thank you for kind of, talking to me when I wanted to get talk to Cody you you, you kind of gave me some good advice and and I was able to talk to Cody for a, about a minute and I I, I want to just th say thank you for that um I know it was a tough weekend for everybody yeah no not a problem I know Cody was going through a lot and he had a he had a lot on his plate there man that's uh, that was tough for him and he's kind of responsible uh he was responsible for cleaning cleaning up all Bob's stuff that he had at the track and trying to get his campers home and everything like that so I know I knew Cody had a lot on his plate there all right, so let's get it. Let's kick off the weekend on Friday for you. Um, pretty good day Friday. Uh, if you'd have been one spot better, it would have been would have been awfully good for you. But uh, like we discussed there, if you had if you had a car that was a little better in traffic on Friday, maybe Chad doesn't run away with that thing. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, I just I just uh, missed the setup a little bit and couldn't really maneuver as good as I could on Saturday. So Chad uh, Chad Chad had a good car and he found the he found the right line there to get through that traffic and he did what he needed to do to to to, to kick our butt, man. I think he put about a half track on me there in the last ten laps of that race because I got stuck in traffic. So we had a good car all weekend. I just. Uh, in the open, I feel like I was as good as him, if, if not better. I just, uh, once we got to traffic, I just couldn't, uh, kind of stuck where I was and couldn't maneuver like he could. So we uh, we went to work and, and got it where we needed it for Saturday. You know, I know Rich asked uh, Chad this on our, on our Facebook interviews, but I want to elaborate on it a little bit more. It, with dirt racing at all, it's so hard to, to have a notebook that works the exact same way when you show up at that racetrack again. But what about 24 hours later and almost double the distance what you learned on Friday night, were you able to make changes based off of that performance that, that helped you get $35,000, or, or was it just uh, watching the racetrack and setting it up for Saturday specifically? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can always learn. Uh, you can always learn. Especially the two-day shows, you get, a, it, you get a pretty good feel of what the track's going to be because you didn't, uh, they didn't change the track too much from night to night. So uh, we got a real good handle on, a real good feel for what, what it was going to be like Saturday. We knew... We, we anticipated it, uh, with, with being the third night on that racetrack that it was, it was, we're going to see the similar track. It was probably just going to get a little bit slicker, a little bit sooner. So, uh, we just prepared for that and prepared for the, for the moisture to be gone a few laps into that race and, and not really have anything to lean on. So I knew we were going to have to, I knew we were going to not have to set up for a cushion or set up for a 75 laps of, of riding the rim. I knew we were going to have to move around. And even if we weren't the best car in the first 10 or 15 or 20 laps before the before the moisture blew off the track i knew as long as as long as we we're set up at the end that uh it, w- it was a long race and we'd be there at the end and and you mentioned the the two-day show aspect of this and um you know with the season that you've been having right uh you told us on social media that it was going to be a couple of weeks before we saw you again and it was going to be the wood tick how much preparation did you did you have to go and make uh you know, specifically for this weekend to try to make sure that you came out as good as you did? Man, there's a lot. Uh, I had a lot of work to, to catch up on in the shop, and I just, I, we had we had a couple of broken race cars that needed transmissions and drive shafts and motors and front clips and broken parts, and man, it just, you name it, it's it's happened to us, and not not just my car, but uh, Tyler's car, which we were in Tyler's this weekend at the Wood Tick. Um, we uh, he went through that thing with the, with a fine tooth comb, and he changed the drive shaft. We changed the transmission. We put a new motor in it. We put a fresh motor in it before we went up there. Uh, um, we just we went through the we we took a couple weeks off there and went through everything with a fine tooth comb and went through the shocks and just kind of kind of tried to to reevaluate the whole situation and make sure we weren't going to have any more mechanical problems. And we we raced so much that uh, that our cars. I mean, it's it's so hard to. Uh, without just stopping and ripping everything off the car and putting all brand new on every week. We try to, we try to just keep piecing it together as the season goes and it, it really takes a toll on it. So it's coming down here into August. We figured we better take a couple of weeks off and regroup and, and it seemed to work out. Uh, I was, I was a nervous wreck leading that deal. Um, I was just, I, I don't know how many big races I've been leading in the last few weeks and, and had stupid things happen and just, uh, just un, unfortunate, un, unlucky things that, that nobody could, nobody could control. So, I mean, I felt, I thought I had a flat tire four times. I thought the rear end broke. I thought the motor was blown up. I mean, you name it, whatever. <laughs> I felt all sorts of things leading that deal Saturday night. So you're starting third. 
Travis is out front, and he finally got that car running good for him. When I talked to him on Saturday, uh, uh, earlier in the day, Saturday, he said, we found the problem, and it looked like it. Travis was better than he what he's been of late. He got out there, and he was running. He looked like he was running real, real well, but that had to have been confident for you that he didn't run away from you. Yeah, yeah, I knew. Uh, and Travis is really good. Uh, Travis is good up there, and Travis is especially good when there's a little bit of grip in the racetrack. When uh, you give that, you give that kid a little bit of moisture to get a hold of. He can, he can wheel a car with the best of them. Um, and uh, I'm not saying he can't in the slick. I just know that uh, when it when it gets slick, there's a lot more that goes on to it. It, it kind of takes the driver out of it a little bit. I mean, you got to at Merritt when that place gets so slick, you've got to have a really good race car. So um if they if they miss the setup a little bit at that place it's it's huge in the slicks so he uh he had a really good car and he kind of took off to a good pace there and I, I honestly the first 10 or 15 laps i couldn't even really keep pace with him he was a little bit better than i was there in the mud um but i knew once we got into traffic we would uh we'd we'd, we'd level out at, at some point in that race and i feel like that's exactly what happened i don't uh, i don't know if i had to that much better of a car than he did he had a he had a really good race car and drove a really good race i just uh I got lucky there in some traffic and he got held up a little bit and made one mistake and I took advantage of it. I kind of had the, uh, I kind of had the catbird seat there. It's easy to, it's easy running in second to, to sit there and watch him and, and wait for him to make a mistake. It's hard out there leading. You don't really know where to go and you don't know where that guy is behind you. So he ran an awesome race. And, um, if he, uh, if I mean, thing, anything could have happened, he could have won that thing. Well, Travis answered this question. He, he had no problem answering it when I asked him. Uh, that lap car that was in front of you guys all of a sudden got real fast and looked like he was racing for the lead for his life. Um, and, I, and I don't think you minded that Kyle Busch decided to pick up the pace at that point. <laughs> no, it, uh, honestly, man, I was, I, I was talking about that after the race. I don't know if it hurt me or helped me because uh, Kyle was kind of running my line. Um, I'd, I'd kind of got the top rolling pretty good there and uh, found a good line through the middle of three and four and and I felt like I was gaining pretty good and, and had a, had a good way around, uh, around Travis there. And, and then we got to racing him and, uh, Travis and, and, and Bush got to racing side by side. And it was just kind of stuck waiting for one of them to make a move and one of them to get clear of the other one. So that kind of, it actually kind of killed my momentum pretty bad. Uh, and then, uh, Kyle was, once I tried lapping Kyle, he was racing me like he was, uh, like he was racing the, for the Daytona 500 win or something. <laughs> I don't know if he didn't know he was a lap down or if he was just, uh, not being very considerate of the leaders, but <laughs> when, he he, came uh, down, when he, when he came down the front straightaway and he went off a of turn one, that about that same time, I think if I remember correctly, that's when you threw the slider in the corner and, and it all kind of happened all at once. Yeah, it did. He actually, uh, he actually kind of initiated the slide job for me because he, he, he came off the top of, of three and I was trying to, I was trying to get in there and, and slide him a little bit and hoping that he would realize I was leading the thing and let me go. Um, but he stayed in the gas and picked up my quarter panel and kind of turned me down the racetrack. So once he, uh, when he hit me in the quarter panel, I think it slid him off the racetrack and it pointed me towards the infield. So I just kind of, I just kind of followed through with the, with the line I was in and, and, uh, Travis slipped up a little getting into one and it, it just happened. I could follow through with that slide job. So one or two cautions, uh, I think maybe only one. I, I was, I may or may not have been trying to watch this race on my way back from Eldora. Um, but, that last half of the race went primarily green, um, which I think is is kind of a double-edged sword, right? Good because it doesn't bunch people up for the restart, but bad because you do end up getting back to lap traffic. And there were some guys on the move. Um, how was your car that, that last half? And with the race staying green, was, was that playing into your hand, uh, even though you were catching the, those lap cars? 
Uh, honestly, I didn't really mind either way. I, I felt like I had a good enough car that uh, it, it didn't really matter if I was top, bottom, or middle. I, it didn't. I, I felt like I could run just about anywhere on the racetrack and run the same lap times. So um, I didn't mind getting into lap traffic. I mean, I, obviously, I'd, I'd much rather be leading and, and not get into traffic, but um, I don't think it, as long as the lap cars didn't do anything stupid and, and take me out of the race in, in any way, I don't think it would have mattered as far as being in traffic or out of traffic. I had a pretty good race car. And then, you know, this is the one thing that I think if anybody's been following your story, they know about this. Um, you, you know, and Rich documented this as well. This is two wins. Is it in the last three years? I think it is, uh, for you at the wood tick. Um, and then with the season that you've had, uh, this is over $35,000 in winnings. Once you get the lap money and everything else, how much does this change or help or take the weight off the shoulders? Or, I mean, just what does this kind of do for you as far as morale and, and, you know, uh, I mean, the mental side of racing, right? Because it has been such a pain in your rear end this year to get that 91 car going or to keep it going or to not break something stupid. Um, just what does this do for you uh, with, you know, still two, three months left to go in the season up here? Well, I mean, honestly, it, uh, it, it was huge. I needed this. Uh, this, the, this race here kind of, I, I feel like it's going to allow us to finish out the season uh, with a full season now where we were, Going into this deal, I was kind of I was kind of looking at it where I was just going to kind of pick and choose here going down the going down the stretch. Um, finances are pretty tight. Uh, I got a lot of work in the shop right now. I'm trying to get caught up on trying to get caught up on finances here at home and with the with the business. And uh, I spent so much time on the road racing this summer. I kind of got behind on everything, and um, I it, which normally isn't a problem because when I'm when we're out on the road, I can usually make enough money to keep going and and can pull off some wins here and there, but we just, uh, we had that, that couple months stretch where it was just, we couldn't, didn't seem like we could do anything right. We had a really good race car and should have won a lot of races. We just, uh, kind of ran ourselves broke going up and down the road and, and not getting any results to, to go with it. So, uh, this win here is huge for us because it's going to let us kind of, it's going to, it's not, it, it, most people, if they win this thing, they're going to, they're going to have a little extra money in the bank and, and be able to do what they please, but it kind of it kind of digs us out of a hole. It kind of puts us back to even. You know what I mean? So um, it, uh, it 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 boosted us enough where we should be able to finish out the season halfway strong and uh, and at least run a full schedule here coming down the stretch. And and I think that's one thing that you've documented on our show before, and I want to make sure that we talk about it is that you quite literally do race for groceries uh, in the fact that this sport is the way that you make a living. You're not somebody who. Go, you know, wakes, wait, gets a home on Sunday morning and then wakes up on Monday morning and clocks in at a nine to five or an office job or go and, you know, haul, haul stuff with a truck or, you know, work in a construction site. You clock in and you go work on race cars and then you clock out and you go drive race cars. Um, how has that, because there was a time where you had to, you had to work and then go and race, but how has that transition been for you, Rusty, at this point in your life and in your career? to really get a chance to kind of live out a dream and everything you do is, is about race cars. I mean, it's uh, some days it's awesome. Like, like you, like you said, man, we, we kind of documented on Facebook. Everybody can kind of watch my, uh, watch my struggle and watch my, well, you know what I mean? Watch my success. So, um, it's, uh, it's awesome. I mean, when, when, when it's good, I, I wouldn't rather be, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I mean, I get to do what I love. I get to kind of make my own hours and, in in uh build race cars and do what i'm good at uh do what i enjoy um but when it's when it's bad i mean it's one of them deals where uh it, when things are going bad there's nothing you can do about it i mean you if uh if you're going to work and having a bad day at least you're still guaranteed that paycheck at the end of that 40-hour week where 
um, if I'm, if I'm struggling, I mean, it, it, I might have one bad week. I might have four in a row where I don't get paid or, or actually go in the hole quite a bit. Cause it costs so much to do this, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I enjoy it. Um, I mean, we'll, uh, there's there's struggles there's times i i feel like maybe man shouldn't i be doing this or what should i should i change what i'm doing but uh weekends like this and all the support i get after the races and uh um you know i mean from the fans and and they they like seeing me drive and and they they support me whether i'm up or down and kind of bring me uh bring me back to reality so translation buy a rusty schlank sweatshirt before the season's over would you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's another huge thing, man. My wife runs up and down the road with me and, and selling T-shirts, and and that's uh, that's been a pretty big uh, pretty big help for our for our business and for our uh, for our livelihood, I should say. I mean, without uh, without that paycheck from racing and without those T-shirt sales, uh, uh, we're we're pretty much just limited to, to what we do here out of the shop uh, on a weekly basis. So, I mean, it's it's in order for me to keep going up and down the road and uh, and doing what I do, it's. Uh, we definitely need the fan support and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm, I'm blessed to have, man, I, I gotta say, I probably got the best fans in the world as far as, uh, as far as supportiveness. They always seem to, uh, step up at the right time and, and dig me out of my hole when I'm in one. <laughs> Rusty, about the last 10 or 15 laps on Saturday night, when it seemed evident what was going to happen, I started counting cars and it brought me back to 2019 green, white checker. If, I'm sure you remember this one. Uh, about four cars left on the lead lap. 26 cars started that event. I think only 11 were left on the lead lap. That's quite a pace. Uh, did you notice that from inside the seat? I did not. I honestly couldn't tell you what we even lapped up to. I don't. I, I don't know. I was so focused, and uh, uh, I lapsed people that I. You know, I, I get so focused. I don't even know who I'm passing or who I'm racing. It. It just. Uh, focused on on one thing hit my marks and this and that so i i honestly couldn't tell you if i lapped up the 21st or up to second i don't know but <laughs> it was uh, i knew we had a really good car and as long as i didn't mess up we were uh we we said we had it in the bag it just seemed it just seemed to me and and i don't think there was a, a lap or two in a row I, and i would say after the lap 50 mark that you weren't in traffic yeah, yeah, that was the uh, the I do I definitely do remember cars being around, but like I said, you just get in that you get in that that zone, and you don't know if you uh, you don't know if you're passing cars or if you're just racing next to them. I don't I can't I couldn't tell you if I passed three or passed thirty. Just uh, I know I'm in traffic, and I'm just trying to hit my marks. And I really uh, that's where I think that's where most of my success comes uh, racing through traffic. Is I don't race the cars, I kind of race the track and. I just uh, I, I try to make sure my car's in the in the right spot on the racetrack and make sure I'm hitting my marks and and let the uh, let let the uh, the race car kind of do the work and I don't get focused on well man there's a lap car I've got to pass that guy because uh, then you start making mistakes and, and making bad decisions and I just uh, try to keep my speed up and and let the race unfold. Thank goodness for uh, you know flow racing and things of that nature, race monitor and ways to keep up because um, I think probably one of the most double-edged sword frustrating things about this weekend was that danny couldn't be there uh and she posted you know right away about it um and you know how is that for you right that you get you know you have this great big moment and you're celebrating and then you know she's not able to be there with you I, I imagine that when you get home it's like congratulations i'm glad you won but damn it would you quit doing that when i'm not there <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i got that about five minutes after i won i got a, <laughs> I, I got a, i called her right after as i was standing in uh in the tech line there to let them, let them know I won. And that's, uh, that's kind of what she said. She's, she's teared up and 
she's like, man, I don't know. I like it. I'm, she said, I'm excited for you, but I'm mad I wasn't there. And I mean, she definitely, she supports me no matter where she's at. So it's never, uh, I don't, I don't think she's ever upset about it, but she was definitely, definitely choked up that she couldn't be there. And so was Carter. It's, that's what's hard right now is, uh, Carter's, Carter's, uh, running so good in points at Oakshade and he's, uh, he's a heck of a little wheel man. So I don't want to take anything away from him. I want to make sure he can, he can be back home racing and, uh, and getting some experience even when I'm out on the road racing. So we leave it up to him. If he wants to go race, we let him go. And unfortunately it's like, uh, like any family, if you got, uh, got a couple kids doing different sports, the parents can't always be there in the same place. So we gotta, we gotta do what we gotta do to make things happen. Rusty, I got to tell Zach about the story that we talked about uh, down in tech inspection. About lap 44, I get a text on my phone. I had it vibrate. I look down and I read who it's from. And there was a bunch of expletives in it, right? <laughs> and, 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 I said, and I said, okay, we're going to wait. I'm not going to do anything. We're, this, I don't, I don't want to jinx him, right? And so I finally take the text to Rusty down in, uh, down in tech inspection. And, uh, and it was a direct text from Mapes. Did you get back with him after that text? <laughs> yeah yeah we we talked after the feature that was uh yeah that was, that was pretty funny i would uh i wouldn't expect anything less from mapes though if there if, if there wasn't explicitives in it i would think you had something wrong <laughs> well and what a great supporter he is too i mean just of this sport i mean i know that he supports you he supports cody he supports chad and and so many different drivers um you know people like people like chris uh don't come along very often and we're fortunate to have his support as well yeah, it's huge, man. What what Chris does for everybody. I mean, he uh, he might not be out there giving people thousands and thousands of dollars every year uh, in cash, but but well, I mean, I know what he does for us is is huge, man. I get uh, he he buys me some hotels here and there, and, and helps me get up and down the road as far as having a place to stay. And it uh, it's huge for me to uh, to be able to do what I do and not have to have that expense of uh, finding some place to sleep and and all that. So. Yeah, what, what he does for everybody is huge. It's, uh, it's, he's definitely good for the sport, for sure. Well, Rusty, you mentioned Carter uh, not that long ago, and I wanted to ask you about this. Do you, and, and I don't want to take anything away from, uh, you know, your other little protege there that's been trying really hard to beat you. Uh, that 44 car is going to finish in front of the 91 here a little bit more often, I think. But when you look at Carter, <laughs> when you look at Carter, um, do you see? Do you feel like you're looking in a mirror at all at just how quickly he's picked up on this and and how well he's already doing down there at Oakshade? I do for sure. His driving, his driving ability, just I mean, it surprises the heck out of me. It, it, it when I really sit back and look at it, I mean, I guess I was kind of the same way at that age. I mean, I, I it it felt it felt normal to me because I was the one doing it. I didn't I didn't think anything of it, but. Now that I'm an adult and look back at uh, my 12-year-old kid wheeling the crap out of that car better than most adults can, uh, and, and being patient and uh, changing the changing his lines the way they need to be changed, and he's just, he's just so good at adapting to things, and, and it's like uh, it's like watching myself go around the racetrack sometimes. You mentioned that uh, you mentioned that uh, this money changes your schedule or has the potential to change your schedule throughout the rest of 2023. What are you looking at now? I mean, what what are some of the some of your maybe bucket list items for the rest of this year that that now? May so we're, we're in second, uh, closing in on Fager a little bit. So we're uh, we're debating on maybe trying to give that a go and and see if we can uh, see if maybe we can pull off a national championship. Uh, but in order to do that, we'll have to race two or three times a weekend, which we weren't planning on doing. So. 
it kind of opens us opens the door for us to maybe go out and do that a little bit um, and, and, and kind of go back after that. Uh, but I don't really know. I mean, it's, uh, it's only Monday after, uh, after the wood check and, uh, I haven't, haven't got paid for anything yet. The, have, the money, the, the check hasn't came in from, from, from the tire samples and everything like that. So once we get that money, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of sit down and reevaluate everything and see what we're going to do. You mentioned that potential run for a national championship. Three of those already in the bag for you as a, as a dirt car UMP national champion. How much do those mean to you? And, and has it been, um, I, I don't want to call it a setback or, or a bummer or anything, but are you itching to, to run for another one of those here? Oh, definitely. I haven't, uh, it, it, it's kind of killing me because I haven't, ever since I started building my own fasties, I haven't won one. Um, We've been close. I've, I've, ever since I started Domination Race Cars, we've finished second in points every year. Um, I haven't won it yet, but we've been close quite a few times and uh, haven't finished out of the top two. So we're uh, we're knocking at the door. We've been really consistent, but it'd be it'd be awesome to put uh, put my own chassis in that in that winner's circle there in the in on the uh, on the board for the all-time win list on the on the UMP National Championship for sure. Uh, I've won three of them in uh, in Rayburn, so I just gotta I gotta get that domination car in there now. Rusty, outside outside of reading the encyclopedia of UMP rules on a national championship and how you win one, um, how do you what do, what do you think you're missing? Obviously, winning races, right? But it's it's more than involved in that. You don't have to win every single race because you know the guy in front of you isn't winning every single night out either. Um, where what what are the what's the part that you're missing that that would put you you know, right up tight in that battle. Well, let me guess. Let me guess. Money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Money, money helps. I mean, money, money fixes most problems, honestly, but, uh, it, it's just consistency. And I mean, I guess you can, you can convert that over to money because, uh, I mean, the, we've been getting beat by, I think Bobby Pierce has beat us, uh, every year. Um, you know, this year, Jason Fager's ahead of us. So, um, they got a, they're they're a little more nationally backed teams, and they they got a little bit more money to throw around. And uh, their their maintenance program I shouldn't say their maintenance program is better, but uh, they don't have to run the rear ends as long, or their transmissions as long, or their or their drive shafts, or their wheel bearings, or their shocks. I mean, we've got to we we've got to stretch things a little bit farther. Uh, we do good maintenance. We keep uh, I mean, we work our butt off on these race cars, but obviously, money would fix that problem um, or, or help it at least. But uh, it really just boils down to like this year, uh, in last year too. Um, I mean, I can, I can probably count 15 or 20 races in the last two years that we should have won, uh, and just had terrible luck and stupid things happen that, that shouldn't have happened. And consistency on that deal, they take your best 35 races. And like you said, you don't have to win them all. Um, but you got to finish them. Uh, if I could have turned those, those DNFs into, into thirds or fourths, that would have boosted us up enough to, to win the points. So, um, it's not necessarily winning races. It's just being consistent and finishing in the top five every week, and and making sure you're there at the end of the year to to be able to come down to the line and race for that deal. Well, man, Rusty, uh, it's been great to get a chance to catch up with you, and uh, you know, over thirty five thousand dollars coming your way after lap money and everything. So, um, just it to, might be over forty. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. Right. I mean, uh, after leading all those laps at the end, it definitely is going to going to rack up there. So, um, man, just a huge congratulations to you. And and, you know, the fan side, I know we pick on Rich for being a, a diehard Rusty Slank and Bubba Pollard fan. Um, and uh, but also just love oh my to, God. just also love to see it, though. Right. I mean, after after your struggles this year, I love to see a turning point and I'm excited to see what comes for you the rest of the summer. 
I definitely appreciate it, man. I, uh, I, I've, uh, I've been through, uh, I've been through quite a bit this year as far as, man, it, it started rough at the beginning of the year. I don't know if anybody was, was really watching at the beginning of the season, but man, we went down to Vado, New Mexico for the Wild West shootout and it just, it started rough down there and just night after night after night. Yeah. What were you, what were you, what were you eating out there? Spam and baked beans or something? <laughs> uh, man, I don't even remember what it was now. I can't. Uh, I can't even remember. But it was something gross. <laughs> and, and just to remind you, no, I'm not a fan, uh, Rusty. It's I just believe I have a keen eye for talent. Okay? Oh, That's okay. The way I look at it. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure, man, Rusty. I want to give you a chance here, and and, and I want to give you a shot to. Um, and it doesn't necessarily because you're another one of those guys who's got um, a lot of vinyl on the side of your race car, but also the people who make it possible for you to do what you do. I want to give you an opportunity to, to shout those people out. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's it, with, without those guys, I, I appreciate it because without those guys, we just would not be able to do what, uh, what we need to do in, around here to, to make things happen. we got a whole bunch of people on the side of the car that help us out. So, um, we, uh, I, I probably need to start by this weekend. I need to start by thanking, uh, Buckeye concrete coatings, Tyler Bork. He's the one that, uh, that owns that car that we, that we had this weekend. He got everything back together for us. He's, he's been a huge part of, of letting me be able to work on my own race cars and, and, and still keep up a car for me to drive. So huge thanks to him. Uh, Terry Hendricks, uh, Chrysler, Buckeye concrete coatings. Like I said, uh, Tyler Bork, Dominator race products, Velocity USA, Tom Finch Automotive, VP Racing Fuels and Lubricants, uh, Bilstein Shocks, KBC Graphics, man, they keep this thing looking awesome. Uh, they keep that pink bright for me. Uh, Willwood, Willwood Brakes, Fast Shafts, um, IQ4 Shock Dinos, Jericho Transmissions, Micro Armor Lubricants, Willie's Carburetor, Landrum Performance Springs, uh, Jones Racing Products, Sweet Manufacturing, Velco Wheels, uh, ML Performance, uh, and Bilstein Shocks. They've uh, they've been huge to my program. Schoenfeld Headers, All Star Performance. Uh, those guys over there helped me a bunch, man. Uh, uh, Mullins Race Engines, uh, Maga Lifts, uh, DMI Bulldog Rear Ends, Hooker Harness, and uh, and Be Cool Radiators, and then. I mean, we got Larry's Mobile Repair, uh, and there's so many here. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, uh, Chris Mapes, of course, like we talked at CNT Services, um, and I got to give a shout out to to Gramps Gilman and, and all his family last weekend. They uh, they kind of did a, a special special sponsorship to to get his name on the side of the car, and that that was pretty huge for our tire bill and everything going into that weekend. So um, I got to that's that that's pretty much everybody that. Uh, that uh, helps us get up and down the road. See, Zach, it works that much better when he can walk around the car. I heard that. Where, where in, my, in my interview with him, he was stuck with me on one side of the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give away my secret. I wasn't walking around the car. I got uh, I got on my Facebook and and read off my list of sponsorship <laughs> thank yous for the uh, for my my Facebook post. Oh, good stuff, man, Rusty. Always, a, <laughs> a, always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with you, man. And uh, really, sincere congratulations. Uh, what an awesome feat for you. And um, I don't know. I don't know if someday your invitation is going to get revoked, but probably not. Uh, just keep taking more of Mike's money and uh, having a good time doing it. Well, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can keep on 
keep on going up there to win these things. I, I hope I don't have to. I hope I don't have to skip a year like I've been doing. We've we've won three out of the last five, but I, we skip a year there in between. So hopefully we can uh, we can knock one off next year too, and I have to wait for uh, for twenty twenty five. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, hey, congratulations. Good luck the rest of this year. All right. Thank you. Hey, before I go, I forgot one there. That's uh, Jason Algio and his wife. They uh, they helped me a bunch too. They're uh, they they've been some been supporters here the last year or so. So I don't want to forget them. I'm sure they're listening to this deal. All right, we're a two hour show now, Rusty. You can just start all over if you, get, if you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rusty. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Good luck the rest of the year. All right. Thanks, man. Well, great to catch up with Rusty. Uh, we haven't talked to him in quite quite some time. Uh, I think. Probably this is the first time this season we've talked to him, um, uh, you know, even after last year and whatnot. So uh, good to catch up with him. And, you know, some people are probably going to laugh. Oh, Rusty Schlenk struggling. Yeah, okay, whatever. But I, I do have a little compassion in my heart because this is what he does, Rich. I mean, he has put all of his chips in this basket. And, uh, you know, if he's not winning, if he's not winning, he's probably not selling race cars either. So uh, it, it's all very important. And, and he was not lying. I mean, it, what he said was absolutely the truth. I watched several nights during the week when he was on the road, and he would have a really good race car, you know, practice, qualifying, up near the top, and had something would go wrong, either heat race, feature event, and then you start fighting from behind. And then, and then, that, then bad, more bad things happen. So, it, you, know, you know, he just had some bad luck. He's been – it hasn't been be, for lack of speed – He's had plenty of speed all summer long. Yeah. It was the luck and just not having things go his way. And, and finally, pretty much all weekend long at Merritt, outside of one spot, it pretty much went Rusty Schlank's way. Well, Rich, uh, a big weekend was had for you, but over at the other track that Mike Blackmare Enterprises is a part of was all sprint car night, and the fans did not miss, Rich. That place was jam-packed and jelly-tight full of race fans to get their first sprint car show since I believe 2019, uh, the last time that we saw Tri-City Motor Speedway. So they came out in full force and saw the Great Lakes super sprints, traditional sprints and lightning sprints, and it did not disappoint. 18 cars showed up for the Great Lakes super sprints series portion of the event. After heat races and qualifying, it would be Dustin Daggett and Adam Carberry who led the field to green. Max Stambaugh, Jason Blonde, Greg Dahlman, Ryan Rule, Brad Lamberson all around as well. And what a great race we saw, Rich. Daggett jumped out to the early race lead, and it looked like he was going to have to deal with Greg Dahlman, the Bellevue, Michigan native, on a tear in 49T, looking for his first win of the 2023 season. But a failed right front shock would take him out of contention. Adam Carberry, the Pennsylvania native, fell back early in this event, almost outside of the top five. He managed to find the tractor tires and start to work his way back up toward the front. And as the checkered flag flew, Rich, finally, for the first time this season, and I can't believe it's August and we're saying this, Double D, Dustin Daggett, goes to Victory Lane Friday at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Finally knocks one off. Adam Carberry holds on for second. Uh, Mr. Consistent, Max Stambaugh from sixth to third, brought Jason Blonde with him. The Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer finished in fourth. Dahlman slid back to fifth. Ryan Rule now driving for uh, Steve Harding. And we understand, breaking news, cue your breaking news sounder, we understand 
That may be a permanent change. Nothing official has been announced yet, but we understand that that may be a, uh, a permanent switchover there for Ryan to be in the 14H car and uh, other drivers to fill the shoes of the 50-year shingles machine here moving forward. So uh, that that is a developing story. Brad Lamberson, 7th. Troy Chahowski, 8th. ninth went to Jay Steinbach and Keith Sheffer Jr. Rounded out the top 10. Great Lakes traditional sprints, first and foremost. Uh, our thoughts today with Mad Max, or not Mad, no, that's Max Stambaugh. Uh, Max Frank, Leadfoot uh, Max Frank. Uh, big spill off of turn number two uh, in uh, the feature event for the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints. He did end up going to a, a nearby hospital for evaluation. Last update I saw, they believed he may have a concussion, um, so the, they are moving forward with him in that protocol. But the race would move on, and out in front for the longest time was a driver that everybody knows, Steve Irwin. One dirt track left in the state of Michigan he hasn't won at, and it's Tri-City Motor Speedway, and he looked to be well on his way to getting the job done. That was until a restart with six laps to go. Irwin's car kicked sideways at the restart cone, and Ricky Lewis was hard in the throttle, drove into the tail tank of Irwin, spun him around on the front straightaway. Flagman threw the caution flag despite Irwin's ability to keep the car rolling, got it up on the wheelie bar, set it back down, and kept moving. But when he come down, he did blow a front tire. He showed his displeasure with Ricky Lewis over in turn number four. Officials allowed uh, Irwin to have time to get the tire changed and refired. He joined the tail of the field and was the caution car, which meant that Ricky Lewis was able to keep his spot at the front of the field. Six laps later, he goes to victory lane and was not a very popular person at Tri-City Motor Speedway, but did have remorse all over his face expressed his disappointment for the way the situation played out, said that he and Steve, up to that point, considered each other friends and uh, hated to see that happen. But uh, nonetheless, Ricky Lewis goes on to win with the Great Lakes traditional sprints. Move on to Saturday. A lot of drivers went from Tri-City straight south to the Big E Eldora Speedway for the NRA National Racing Alliance Championship Night. 37 360 sprint cars unloaded at Eldora Speedway. And timeout. So did a certain announcer yes. that got to <laughs> announce his first race at Eldora and couldn't do it on Rich's night off. I could not. No, sir. I could not. <laughs> I had to hog all the spotlight, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we both got stuck with some pretty good places this weekend. Yeah, we did. I don't, th I don't think we could have better shows in the same weekend. But congratulations, my friend, calling your first race at the Big E. Uh, you deserve it. That You had to been feeling i know for a week you were trying to figure out how to get out of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had a conflict uh with with a race that was also taking place on saturday that darn thing rained out at 10 a.m so guess what the compass switched and we went right to the big e uh and, and what a great by the way what an awesome facility every single person there that had an Eldora Speedway shirt on. So hospitable and just so great to work with. Huge shout out to uh, to 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 uh, uh, you know Jerry and everybody down there uh, with with Eldora and just the great work that they're doing. Um, just huge huge thanks to them for their hosp hospitality. And Josh, uh, the house announcer there, treated me great as well. So. 37 drivers rich from Ontario, Canada to New York to Pennsylvania, Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio, all represented on Saturday at uh, at Eldora. But when it was all said and done, 37 drivers would be whittled down to a 24-car field. One caution flag for Hud Horton, who lost power down the back straightaway. During that caution, Dustin Daggett's car also went pit side with no power, uh, so a tough break for Dustin Daggett. But... 
It would also be, this is big news, Kyle Sauter confirmed it would be his final start at Eldora Speedway. So Kyle Sauter is hanging up the helmet here in 2023. He's all done driving a 360 sprint car, and he got very emotional when talking about that with the uh, Eldora Speedway with Brad, the Eldora Speedway pit reporter. But it'd be a good final showing for him as uh, Hannigan jumped out to the early race lead on Saturday and never looked back, Rich. In fact, to the tune of 8.4 seconds. He opened up over half a track on Kyle Sauter before the caution flag flew, and that set up a green-white checkered finish. Nobody had anything for Hannigan, but the race was on for second spot. Jared Horseman dove to the inside of Kyle Sauter. Sauter pretty much drove the wall all the way around the racetrack to keep ahead of Horseman, who was doing everything he could to take away that second spot. It would be Sauter who finished second. Jared Horseman rounded out the podium in third. But I want to tip my cap and give a shout-out to bad Brad Lamberson, who didn't roll in until quarter to five on Saturday. He went from 11th to 4th at the Big E and put on an absolute barn burner of a show, slicing his way through the field. Uh, so congratulations to Brad. Congratulations to Randy Hannigan on the win. And congratulations to Jared Horseman who picked up another NRA championship. So, Rich, I, <laughs> I don't know. I was on cloud nine the whole day. It was supposed, this show was not supposed to happen. It was supposed to rain out, 80% uh, chance of rain all the way up until race time. And it finally got to the point where I'm like, man, it should be raining. I checked my phone, completely gone. So uh, I don't care what you believe in. I don't know how, how many gods you worship. It's only one for me, and he made it happen, and I, I'm so happy that he did. Yeah, and and we had a little bit of pre-race shower on Thursday, I believe. Thursday it was. That's when it was. We had a little bit of pre-race shower, but it was just enough for Mother Nature to help out the track prep. Yeah. Um, that's about all it was. And then we basically, we were clean and green all weekend long up at Merritt. So, yeah, we, I think we both had a great weekend. It was fun. Um, but, man, it makes me a little jealous because uh, I had never been – to Eldora, and when you told me that, I started not liking you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that only makes my third ever time being there. Uh, I went there. My first ever time was there when we were looking at buying a dirt late model from the Reeves, uh, the Reeve family. They took us down there to make sure that we knew what we were getting into. Second time was the 2013 Mud Summer Classic, which was basically my senior trip. And now, 10 years later, trip number three is uh, up to the announcer's booth, so it was pretty cool. Well, Rich, he may not have went to Victory Lane on Saturday, but I don't think anybody was going to touch Hannigan. Uh, that's just plain and simple the way it's going to be. Um, but he put on a show and wrapped up another championship with the NRA Sprint Invaders. And it's our pleasure now to have this gentleman on from Cloverdale, Ohio, Jared Horseman. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, I tell you what, uh, it's one of the earliest championships to be awarded, and that is, uh, of course, the, the National Racing Alliance, NRA Sprint Invaders. Um, but nonetheless, man, another championship, uh, another you know mark in the column for you for that NRA championship. And uh, this, is, this makes, what, three or four for you now? I mean, this is a pretty good number. Yeah, you know, um, we, we were just out in the shop, uh, you know, today, this afternoon here, and uh, talking about championships, and, and uh, um, I, I think your count's off a few. Um, we, 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 I think we've won uh, seven NRA and two GLSS. Um, oh, okay. So that's how it's, that's how it goes. Needless to say, you know, we, we, um, you know we, we haven't won many races this year, um, you know, 
it's uh just just the ups and downs of racing right um we've been competitive but uh we won two at i-96 and um you know that, that was just uh that was kind of the the highlights of of our year but um you know just consistent through the season and uh able to put on a, a good second half of the year to to uh kind of seal up the deal with the the nra well and, and so i want to talk about that too because you do wrap up a championship season that doesn't include any wins um in that specific region, right? So you mentioned the two wins at I-96, uh, kind of up here in the north. But, the, I mean, you are seeing so many of the same guys down there at Lima and Fremont and, and things of that nature, the Devin Dobies, the Mike Keegans, um, that, that really give you a run for your money each and every week. And we talk about this with the GLSS North, and now we're going to talk about it even more with the NRA South, and as those two continue to merge, um, these championships are no small task to get taken care of, are they? No, definitely not. I mean, you know, we, we've just been, again, fortunate to uh, put together a solid second half of the season um, with, with, uh, with a DNF at Waynesfield opening night. Um, we crash in the heat race a different night. So, um, you know, able to get back out and make it to the feature. But, um, you know, and, and of all things, that might have saved saved my year um you know to be able to uh make it out of the the, the b main to start the tail of the a we might have had a 17th or 18th place finish but um you know it's, it's not a dnf right so i mean with, with that you know there's there's i mean look at dustin dustin daggett won his first race at tri-city over the weekend um yeah. you know greg greg dolman uh um you know i think he's won a feature this year um uh, Phil Gressman, there, there's, there are probably 15 cars on almost any given night that can win a feature. And, you know, for me to, to win the championship and with the South and not have any wins, um, you know, just, just as a testament to, um, how consistent we had been, um, even after our, our, uh, you know, a couple mishaps early in the season. Jared, Zach and I have talked to a lot of other drivers and, you know, at the beginning of the season, and they say, well, we're going to hit or miss. We're going to decide what goes on the first couple of months. What was your outlook at the beginning of the season? Were you going for the championship, or did you say, well, we're in it. We might as well go for it now. Well, that's that's kind of how the season started. Um, I think we were, um, you know, we had planned on racing all the, the NRA shows, um, but after we had we had a DNF right off the rip, um, you know, with, with the tour, we go south. I get the shock of my life in Tennessee. And then um, <laughs> yeah. we come back to well, Wait a minute. To wait a minute. You, you got to stop right there. Yeah. You got to elaborate on that for those people who missed it. Oh. I don't know, Rich. I don't know yeah. if you know what he's talking about. Yeah, so I've, I, I run J&J chassis. And these things, I've, I've had the mag box inside the cockpit since day one. It sits, sits horizontal in front of the steering wheel. And the coil wire comes in through the dash. Um, and I run a big steering wheel, so my, my knuckles just always hit the mag box. And that night in particular, I counter, went to counter steer in three and four and it popped the, 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 the coil wire off and, and it grabbed me and just zapped me until, until the motor stalled. Wow. Um, it, it went until the motor I, finally quit. Until, until, wow. until I stopped and the motor stalled, it, it shocked me, um, I'm just, I'm fortunate that it didn't go across my chest. Yeah. Um, it, stopped, it stopped at my left shoulder um, and in, in my hand and stopped at my left shoulder. So, 
You ended um, up in the hospital because of that, didn't you, for a minute? Uh, no, I, I, I probably should go, I, and I haven't been yet. Okay. <laughs> Spoken like Jared, a true Jared, race car driver. Jared, out, of all, out of all of us and anybody else that's not, that's been on this program, I probably know the least about sprint cars, but that box has got to find a new home, okay? <laughs> oh, it, it, it did, trust me. So, now, you say that you always hit it, so you just had gotten used to r- raking your knuckles across, because for those who don't know, those MSD boxes usually have little ridges across them and all that. You just got used to, ra- you know, racking your knuckles across that thing, or what? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it. it's, uh, you know, I had gloves wore out, I had, you know, just, it, um, it, it did a number on my, my left hand, we'll say that. Jeez. And, um you know, just just fortunate that uh, it never happened until that night. But um, it's it's probably not an experience I want to relive. I'll say that. So anyhow, to to finish Rich's question, right? You, so you have that moment in Tennessee, and then you come back home, and um, like you kind of mentioned, right? The winds just weren't coming your way, but you guys were always you always seemed to be up front. Yeah, I, I mean, we had speed, um, and and we kept saying that we had speed. Um, you know, the qualifying efforts were there. Uh, we start fourth in the heat race, you know, we don't make it to the, the inverts, um, or the redraws, but you know, that's, that's part of racing. We, 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 just, we had good, good speed, but, um, just didn't have good luck, uh, when it came to, um, redraws. Uh, I think my best redraw starting spot was fourth and, you know, just, just unfortunate that we couldn't get, uh, a front row spot, but, um, you know, we had a lot of speed all year and, um, you know, just to put a, to put a championship together and, and have a lot of consistent top fives, um, you know, that's, uh, that's really what helped. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're going to give Barry a call and you're going to push for about 18 races next year at I-96, right? <laughs> that'd be, I, mean, I, I think I, that'd be, that'd be ideal. Um, you know, we, 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 we ran well there. I, I'll say we did have luck. Um, you know, we were running second and, um, Cole Macedo uh, breaks the drive line. Uh, we were fortunate. We were fortunate there with some luck, but um, you know, we we probably weren't the fastest car in the racetrack there. So, um, you know, just just better better to be lucky than good sometimes. I got to ask you. So obviously, you're here by way of the Home Pro Roofing, uh, the Home Pro Hammer Challenge, and what we do is we look at people's uh, performances in the month, and so in July, uh, I just want to document this for the, the sake of the program, 5th, 4th, 3rd, 6th, 3rd for the month of July, and you talked about it, right, being consistent and being up front, and those are races at Waynesfield, Lima Land, Atomic, Fremont, uh, so you're you're moving over around in the state to, to get those finishes as well, and um, I don't know. I, I maybe you can speak on this a little bit more, but I think it's impressive when a driver can hit the road with their team and with their equipment and continue to run up front. That's one of the great things I love about traveling series is being able to see who can adapt and change because those racetracks that you went to in July all very different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. Um you know, you, you, you look at all those and, and like you said, there, they're, they're all very different, um, from a, uh, size standpoint, a speed standpoint and, and really, uh, uh, overall, uh, build and structure where, uh, you know, every turn's different, every, you know, every, every, uh, the racing surfaces are different. So, um, you know, before, um, you know, atomic had been uh, a few years, uh, since we had been back there. 
Um, you know, Waynesfield, we don't get to a lot. Um, Eldora, we get to once a year, twice a year, maybe. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, and to run Eldora, um, Saturday, this past Saturday, man, it, it was, I, I think you had to be on the fence to go anywhere. Um, you know, to, to tried the middle a few times and, and my effort showed, um, when I tried to pass Kyle Sauter for second, that it just, I, I didn't have drive, um, you know, and, and maybe a few things we could have done on our part to, to help that. But, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, a testament to this team that, um, you know, we're, we're able to, you know, keep maintain the car and, and, and make it to these races on the road that, uh, we don't get too often and still, still pull off good finishes. And Jared, I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but because of the variety of the tracks that you're running well on, do you have a preference for the type of surface size of track that, that, that you feel more comfortable uh, performing on? Yeah. I mean, look at, look at the, the last few, few races um, at, at Lima. We, we just kind of struggled. Um, or I, I feel personally, we struggled. Um, that there's there's just nothing to get a hold of um, when the racetracks are slick. Um, you know, it goes back to um, you know uh, the the old uh, uh, Plymouth Speedway days, uh, kind of when they got started. It uh, just dry slick, nothing to lean on, no grip to get a hold of. That's that's I can I think kind of where we struggle a little bit. Uh, we've gotten we've had a lot of experience and a lot of exposure to those tracks this year, so I think I think we've gotten better. Um, but somewhere like I-96 where um, the, it builds a berm or a cushion that we got something to lean on what I like or I prefer to be on. So um, everybody's got their own own type of racing style, and, and that's that's really mine. So you, you've got the championship in the bag now, uh, and it's still early August. we got, in my opinion, two solid months of racing left to go. Obviously, Friday nights are going to start to get tricky as the high school football season starts back up. But um, now that NRA's championship points season is over, does this open it up for you a little bit uh, to be able to maybe, I don't know that if relax is the right word because you always seem like you're having a good time, but <laughs> now go and really try to do some things to get wins that maybe you wouldn't do to jeopardize a championship? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, King of the Quarter Mile night, prime example uh at lima there you know i started eighth i fell back a few spots we really missed the setup in the feature i just pulled in um threw some things at it for the king um wasn't that great i i, I think we would have you know we could have done a little better but uh regardless um i'm running four fifth six i'm like ah, i'm just pulled in too so um I, I i mean the plan is to go to hartford friday um in the, in the following weekend, I-96 and Butler, but uh, really just, I think, to, you know, kind of open it up to where we can do some of that testing. Um, you know, we're kind of right there in the top five with the tour, but, um, you know, we, we're still going to miss a couple couple shows. So regardless, I think uh, I think these are some good good testing opportunities. 
Real quick, I want to say thanks to Home Pro Roofing and uh, Shannon and everybody at Home Pro Roofing uh, for giving us this opportunity for the Home Pro Hammer of the Month. And at Home Pro Roofing, they offer peace of mind 50 years. Uh, they offer a 50-year warranty on all roof repair services, ensuring that customers have peace of mind and confidence in the longevity and durability of their roof. And whether you need a new roof, whether you just need an inspection, installation, it doesn't matter. They can take care of you in Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. Uh, contact them today at Home Pro Roofing. Uh, Jared, let's talk now about something that maybe doesn't have to do with sprint cars, and I know this is very important to you, and I love it. Uh, you guys just had a great big birthday party a couple of days ago for one of your daughters, and I love it when you know I see Megan come around the corner. She's got her own little paparazzi, her own little entourage following her around, and they all look like little uh, little Jared Hortzmans running around behind her, which I think is just adorable. Talk to me a little bit about yeah. your family and, and, and the girls and you know what it means to race with them yeah i, I mean that's that's a i mean you can't replace that experience um you know the girls it's it's all week long you know or are we going racing when's when are we going racing uh you know when we're on the road are, are we gonna go we gonna stay at a hotel you know that's, <laughs> that's the highlight so <laughs> um you know and, and they're there and you know they, they they want me to win so bad and trust me i do too but um yeah. You know, the competition, and we, we all know that's gotten a lot tougher, but, um, you know, the girls in general, they they have a heck of a time. They have a lot of fun. Um, you know, they, they, they got their Jared shirts on. They got, you know, checkered flag pants and sunglasses and, all you know, um, so they, they're, they're all pumped. Every, every, every night, every weekend we get to go racing, but, um, you know, the oldest is, is six now, and she's, she's you know, when am I going to get my race car? And, ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I just, um, I, I don't know if I want to take that plunge. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I want them to be able to, you know, do what they want to do. And if, if that's, uh, if that's racing, um, you know, my, my priorities are going to change here real soon. Um, you know, when, when, uh, my oldest is six and the youngest is about to turn three. So, we uh, we've got a lot on our plate, so we'll we'll just have to see what happens. And I don't don't this isn't intended any way other than just how I'm going to ask it. Uh, I mean, do you consider yourself fortunate that they are so invested and and do take such a um, appreciation for what Dad does? Uh, you know, as as I don't want to call it a hobby because we spend so much money on it. But you know, yeah. for what you do on the weekends, uh, do you feel fortunate about how involved they want to be? I, th I think so. Um, you know, and, and, and for me, I got I spend countless hours in the shop too. And, um, they, they're, they're out there most nights with me. Um, you know, Meg works some evenings, so, you know, they're, they're there. There's nights that, Hey, you know, are you done yet? Those kind of things, but I get it. They're kids. Um, you know, so it, there may be nights that I help put them to bed and I go back to the shop. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, what I love doing and what I really enjoy doing. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully I can pass something like that along to them. Um, their, their mom was very involved in, in volleyball, full, full scholarship to UNOH. Um, and hopefully we can get, maybe get some height out of a couple of them and they can go that route too. So, how, how fitting, um, how fitting that mom played at UNOH too, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's, that's cool. I, I think, um, you know they got a, they got a very bright future. So, um, you know whatever they want to put their mind to, they can they can accomplish for sure. Jared, I got to ask you. You know, not and, and I'm not pushing you 
towards hanging the helmet up. But I mean, seven NRA championships, two Great Lakes Super Sprints championships. Um, what you, you got? Any, I mean, that's a career for for some drivers and almost anybody. Uh, anything on the bucket list that, that that's hanging out there for you? Um, I mean, really, it, you know, it, it. I would love to go to Florida. Um, that's kind of been on the bucket list. Um, you know, maybe run some of the ASCS tour shows. Um, you know, we talked about a, a couple of years ago going down to uh, Texas and, you know, maybe doing a, a swing like that um, when our season's over here. Um, but, you know, really, it, it, it's, it's to do this that I don't know if, you know, most of the fans out there really understand that, um, you know, for us to do this on a weekly basis, um, I'm, I'm spitballing 1500 bucks a night to race. And that, that may, some guys may laugh at that and that's, and say that's low. Um, but that's, that's pretty much burning up two rear tires every night and, and wear and tear on, on the engine pit passes fuel. Um, so again, that's, you know, it, it takes a, a lot of money to do what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have the sponsors we have, um, that, that support me in, in, in doing what I do. So, um, those are a few things I'd, I'd like to tackle, uh, you know, before I think we're done. Well, if this may plays into your decision at all, horsepower happenings and home pro roofing, they can get you to Cincinnati. Okay. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. <laughs> Jared, I gotta, so before we let you go here, you know, you talk about that bucket list and you know, what we're doing moving forward now. And um, I just want to, you know, take a second here and talk to you about racing against, uh, you know, some of your competitors who are uh, getting toward that point where they're hanging it up, right? Kyle Sauter just said that that was going to be his last race at Eldora on Saturday. And, you know, you, you see Hannigan get out of the car and you wonder, good Lord, how, how long am I going to have to get my butt whooped by this guy is what the field's thinking, yeah. right? So uh, what about that, right? Seeing those guys that you've raced against for so long and kind of seeing that start to wind down. I'm sorry, I'll say that again, you broke up. Uh, I said, just, you know, what about that, seeing those guys like the Kyle Sauters and the Randy Hannigans and, and racing against them, but then also seeing their careers uh, start to start to wind down? Yeah, I, I mean, th those guys have only made, you know, when, when I look at things, um, you know, Randy, Kyle, um, even back to J.R. Stewart when um, he was driving for Ron Hammonds, uh, Mike Breck, uh, that, that, you know, those guys have already retired, right, that, um, those, those guys have all that, right. Um, and, and they continue to make us better. We got to try things, you know, look at Randy, he's got an eight second lead yeah. until the caution comes out. I mean, that's, that, that's over half a lap, you know? Um, somebody asked me, it, they said, they said, what's Randy doing? That's so different. I said, well, he's only a legend in 360 sprint car racing. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, Ra Randy's got a ton of laps, a lot of seat time. He's ran the outlaw tour for. A few years, he's probably run some all and stuff. I mean, a lot of those things. I mean, laps and the more seat time and the more, I think, crew chiefs uh, you go through and uh, just all the different knowledge that you acquire through the years. Um, you know, he every race he's, I think he's ran, he's, he's almost won this year. So, yeah, um, you know, th those guys continue to make you better. Well, Jared, man, uh, congratulations on a championship. By the way, you put on a hell of a show on Saturday at Eldora. I had a lot of fun calling that. 
um, and uh, you were making some moves. One of a few guys in the field who'd ever wanted Eldora, and uh, it absolutely showed on Saturday, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you a couple more times here up north uh, this season now that the NRA Championship is wrapped up, so um, we're going to have some fun with that too. But, man, I want to take a, an opportunity, and I know you got so many stickers on the side of that 17, but um, you know maybe it's not necessarily the, the sponsors, but maybe even just the people who make it possible for you to do what you do. Yeah, I mean, um, well, first off, got to, again, thank, you know, you guys for having me on, on the show. Um, Shannon Eifert there with, with Home Pro Roofing. Um, on to my, my crew, my, my wife, uh, the girls, um, you know, th- those those guys, my dad, Dan, uh, and Josh. Um, the, without those guys, this, this, this race team isn't possible. Um, all the time and the effort they put in, and then along with all the sponsors. Um, and, and you guys see the car. <laughs> that list goes on and on. Um, just a few, M&W Construction, um, uh, you know, Ottaville Lumber, uh, Sky Buildings, uh, Scott Miller Trucking, um, you know, um, gosh, uh, yeah, I, I just... I, if I had, a, I wish I should have. I should have pulled up a picture of your car uh, to help you out here because you do have a lot of them on the side of that thing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, Steve, uh, Steve Conrad, Steve Conrad, uh, seamless gutters. That's another one. I mean, he, you know, he stepped up this year, um, and he hasn't ever been on board with us. And, and uh, you know, for him to uh, jump on board and be be a, a big primary sponsor is, is awesome too from from them guys. Well, Jared, man, congratulations. Another championship. I've updated it in my status book to say seven, uh, along with two uh, of the, uh, is that right, or is it five and two to make a total of seven? I'm so confused. Seven seven and two to make a total of nine, I believe. There we go. All right, good. I've got it right in my stat book now. I, I will uh, make sure that we get that corrected going <laughs> forward. So, man, congratulations on another championship. Congratulations on uh, being declared the Home Pro Hammer of the Month for July, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, Rich. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to Jared. Uh, we don't get a chance to talk to him very often. He's very busy, and uh, but I feel so bad. I, I had his championship tally off by uh, a couple. Uh, now, I had it down originally as four, um, but I don't know. He must have picked one up when I wasn't looking. Um, so uh, that, that's my bad. Or three of them when you weren't looking. <laughs> well, apparently, yeah, because I, I thought that he was picking up his – third or fourth on Saturday, but it turns out it was his sixth or seventh. seventh. (laughs) So uh, I apologize for that for sure. But, uh, man, what a great family, Megan and Jared and his kids. I love it. I love when I get a chance to run into them. They are really great people in the the sprint car racing community. So caps off to them. Yeah, when we go to these races, Great Lakes Soup, I mean, it's like a family back there. I mean, a lot of these guys are all friends, and and they they treat us the same way. And, And I think that... You know, just like they treat each other, and and that's what makes I think I think what makes us when we go to these events, it it makes you know you and I feel like we we really fit in. They're really a great group of guys. Well, Rich, I'm gonna call an audible on the show here real quick. Let's jump down and take a look at some other winners from over the weekend who got the job done while you and I were gallivanting around at uh, some big racetracks. Yeah, Zach Paul Pelletier picked up the Outlaw Super Late Model win, the only track that was running Outlaw Super Late Models in Michigan on Friday. So we will have uh, an update, by the way, on the power rankings. Just uh, throw that in there. Yep, we it's there if you could see it. I know, I know. I just I, I want to listen. You'd give me a hard time about having a two-hour show. I want to prove you wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, 
So, Peltier, number, win number two on the season for Paul. Uh, Dennis Wisman Jr. would take the 50-lap figure eight feature win. Josh Hahn would pick up his first ever feature win in the limited late model feature at Birch Run on Friday. David McManus would also pick up his first win at Birch Run in 2023, that is, in the modifieds. Uh, am I smelling a little good luck charm uh, effect there on Horsepower Happenings side? It, it seems to happen that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Little mojo when you come on the show, they always seem to win the week after. Yeah, well, and he told us how bad he wanted to get the win at Birch Run. He'd gotten three at Owasso, so uh, I know that he was getting really uh, worked up about winning at Birch Run. Uh, my buddy Ricky LaDuke gets the job done in the street stocks at Kalamazoo on Saturday. Congratulations to him. Bill Bray, how about this young man getting it done at Thunderbird uh, with the late model win on Saturday. A.J. Ward taking the IMCA modified honors. And then I saw a great picture. I think it came through in our uh, text chat, uh, our group chat. I think you sent it about David Stremme and uh, Kyle Bush kind of swapping some notes uh, at Merritt Speedway. Well, it worked out for David Stremme. He swept the IMC modified features at Woodtick uh, Friday and Saturday at Merritt Speedway. Uh, Danielle Robinson, she took the win Friday night in the Pro Stocks, and uh, Caden Bowen finding victory lane on Saturday during the Woodtick, Rich. So um, guess what? Big races, big weekends, it's not over. It continues in a matter of two days. Yeah, it sure does, uh, and and I think we've had our eye on this for a while, and uh, my golf league, so I'm going to have to golf real fast or real good <laughs> to catch this race one, one way or the other. Battle at Berlin 250 on Wednesday, $30,000 to the winner. Uh, NASCAR guys, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Eric Jones, Carson Hosmar, Josh Berry. Late model stars uh, from across the nation, Bubba Pollard, Gio Ruggiero, Jesse Love, Cole Butcher, Derek Griffith. And then our home state stars out of our area, Crump, Shaco, Campbell, uh, Rorick, Roe, Berta, Bush, Scheid, Stovall, and more. $20 online in advance, $25 at the gate. Gates open at 1 p.m. on Wednesday. First green flag at 6.30, Zach. Yeah, and then you've got a great big show coming up Saturday uh, where you're going to get to go back home and get your rear end uh, probably handed to you by Mr. Lindahl for being gone all weekend. Uh, but once that once that little uh, receipt is written, you'll have a great street stock race to call. Yeah, I got a phone call at Merritt from the man that pays the bills and heard all about it. All right? <laughs> Put two and two together and you know what I mean. I do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to be tiptoeing in next Saturday to Flat Rock Speedway. Corgan Race Fuel Street Stock. 100, 100 laps, biggest race of the year for the street stock class. MCR Dwarf Cars make their second appearance, plus a 250-lap Enduro on tap, plus fireworks. It's going to be a late wow. night at Flat Rock. Gates open at 5 p.m., racing at 7 p.m. Saturday continues with Birch Run Speedway's reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Model. The Dixie Classic, 75 laps, $5,000 to win on Saturday at Birch Run Speedway. Street Stocks and Legends will also be in action. Gates at 4, racing at 6. And if you need your template late model fix, it's just a quick little drive down in a facility that you have to go and see. Uh, come down and see me Saturday at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, it's NASCAR weekend for Indy, so it'll be trucks on Friday along with, I believe, the ARCA series on Friday. And then Saturday, twin 25s for uh, for the midgets. The open-wheel midgets will be there. And twin 50s paying $5,000 a race for the ASA Stars, uh, excuse me, for the ASA CRA Super Series powered by Jags, uh, Chase Berta, Gio Ruggiero, Jesse Love, just to name a few, are going to be down there uh, racing as well. 
and if things go well on Wednesday, we should see Carson Hosevar, Bubba Pollard, and more. Uh, but their entries are tentative that they don't tear things up on Wednesday, which we, we completely understand. So uh, that'll be Saturday down at Lucas Oil IRP. And then the Great Lakes Super Sprint's back in action. Yeah, NRA's wrapped up. Okay, great. That's fine. Great Lakes Super Sprints, man, we are still going, and we've got a whale of a championship battle uh, unfolding right now. It got a little bit more spread out over the weekend because uh, that top five finish for Max Stambaugh was accompanied by a DNF for the gas man, Phil Gressman, and uh, hearing rumors that it might be tough to get Phil back to the tour as uh, they've been having some engine problems and he now trails Max Stamball by 58 points after having a huge expired motor coming to the green, Rich. Uh, this this engine completely expired going down the back straightaway. Uh, didn't get a lap complete. So uh, tough, tough break for Phil Gressman. But that'll be Friday. Hartford Speedway, the Great Lakes Super Sprints return for another visit to the big, wide, and bad, fast Hartford Motor Speedway. Drivers like Max Stamball, Ryan Rule, Dustin Daggett, Greg Dahlman, Brad Lamberson, Tyler Rankin, maybe Keith Sheffer Jr., all expected to be in attendance at Hartford Speedway on Friday. Then... Pack up the whole operation and head for the thumb because Silver Bullet Speedway will host the Great Lakes Super Sprints for the one and only time this season. Again, Max Stambaugh will be there. Ryan Rule, I'm sure, will go. Dustin Daggett will be there. Greg Dahlman, I'm sure. Brad Lamberson, absolutely. Um, this is going to be a great show Saturday at the Bullet, Silver Bullet Speedway, which, by the way, was the track that Max Stambaugh kicked off his winning streak last season. And he hasn't been to Victory Lane since we last talked to him, so... Uh, well, he has been, Fremont Speedway, but not up here in Michigan, so he's itching for one of those. So, um, There you go. Big weekend, big races this week. It continues. It's August, Rich, and we've already crowned a champion in one division, so it just means that things are wrapping up real quick. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is great. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we could have packed any more information into – a two-hour show <laughs> anymore anymore I, I think the days of the one-hour show are gone yeah i you? think so too so yeah. i want to say thanks to uh jared hortzman thanks to um to uh rusty schlank for making time to talk with us of course chad finley and austin harnock who talked to you at the races travis stemler and ryan lanford who we heard from in tonight's show be sure if you haven't gone back go back through our facebook page take a look at all the great coverage rich uh, caps off to you you did a great job this weekend i was able to keep up 100 percent on what was going on at Woodtick and felt like I was uh, had had all the information at my hands. So uh, good work. And, of course, thanks to Leah Thurlby for having Horsepower Happenings and Rich come up there and uh, take care of their social media needs. It was, it was a good time. I assume it was a good time. They took care of the most important part, the belly, right? <laughs> it's, still, it's still the same shape as when I showed up. All right. The, foo the food they cooked, the buffets they had out, unbelievable. And the Pepsis weren't bad either afterwards at night. So everything worked out. They took real good care of me. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Leah and Brandon. You know, they, they tell me that men your age at a certain point start to eat nothing but Jello. Did they feed you any Jello over the weekend? Oh, no. This was all meat. <laughs> this was all meat. Oh, man. No, yes. I'm, I'm talking about the party on Saturday. Did they slip you any? Uh... No, they didn't slip me. I bought my own. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, we better get out of here uh, before I owe Rich money for a two-hour show. So on behalf of Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, Rich France, who busted his rear end this weekend at Woodtick, I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. 
The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of horsepower happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of horsepower happenings. Follow horsepower happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.